friends, and welcome to the CEO Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at CEOinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to have a discussion and identify issues that affect credit unions and talk about those best practices that exist so that we can all learn from one another and improve our credit unions. My guest on today's show is Ben Stanglin, the president and COO at Strum. I'm so excited to talk to Ben. So let's just jump right into the conversation. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I'd like to start with some background on you. That's how I like to start out these episodes. Most of us did not grow up thinking that someday we'd get to work with credit unions. (laughs) I think I was just telling someone earlier, I didn't even know what a credit union was until I was in college. So what did you want to be growing up? Well, that's a good question. So my parents are all from healthcare. So my dad's a doctor. My mom's a nurse. They're retired now. My in-laws are both doctors and nurses. And then I've got my sister who's in healthcare and my wife is in healthcare. And so I naturally decided not to be in healthcare. (laughs) So it's really how I came to credit unions was uh, my grandfather who owned a small business in Oregon. And when I was little, I remember going to his business and his employees kind of really respected him and really honored him. And so it was one of those kind of fun things as a kid to be around your grandfather and seeing kind of him interact with other people and helping them. And so from them, I I decided I wanted to be part of a business somehow. Um, And I've always kind of been that little entrepreneurial spirit in me. And in college, I was dating a girl who happens to be my wife now, but I figured out, I figured out early if I wanted to spend some time with her, she was a communications major. Uh, I wanted to spend some time with her. Um, she was a reporter at the local college newspaper. And if I want to spend some time with her, I, I decided I should probably get a job also at the newspaper as well. And I was a marketing major at that point. And I got into photography and then I got into, uh, I was a photo editor and then I, I started selling ads. And I really enjoyed kind of that side of the business a lot. And I happened to be calling different agencies around Seattle and trying to see if they were interested in advertising to college students. And one of the agencies I called was Weber Marketing Group, which is now Strum, and asked them if they were interested in buying ads for me at the time. And they said, well, we, we really don't do that. We don't have anybody in the local market right now. And then my follow-up question was, because I was a junior in college and I was looking for an internship, my follow-up question was, do you have an internship? And they did. So that kind of started my journey actually with both Strum and Weber Marketing Group and working with credit unions on one kind of full swoop right there. That is amazing. So not healthcare. Not healthcare. <laughs> yeah. <different> direction. yeah. <laughs> Coming from being an intern then at Weber Marketing Group, yeah. what was the inspiration or what was the journey like to, to now president and COO at Strum, which for those who don't know, Weber rebranded and we'll talk about right. that. But how did that journey happen? Well, that was a, that was a long journey. So Mark Weber, who is still very active, he's the CEO and chairman. At Strum, he started Weber Marketing Group over 30 years ago, and I've been with the company for over 20 years now. So, 
quite a long time. <laughs> and uh, I've been blessed to have two additional partners, Karen McGahey and Josh Struford, who have also been with Strum for 20 years. And so we worked together for a very long time and helped kind of build up the company. The journey between an internship to a president and COO is, is a long journey. I've got to put on multiple hats. I've had the pleasure of building things and, and breaking things down and helping other credit unions kind of figure out themselves, which has been fun across you know multiple years of doing this. And I've always found that if you're not doing something where you're not learning and not building on that learning, you know, you're probably in the wrong industry. And I've been lucky enough to stick around for 20 years and I'm learning every, you know, something new every day. So I feel really blessed there. Wow. What an amazing journey. It's so cool to hear. I think it's something you don't often hear. You know, I've heard credit union folks talk about being from the teller to the CEO, but yeah. the intern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a bizarre thing. And uh, how it happened about five years, six years ago, and the years kind of go fast. I've got right. two two teenage daughters, by the way. And so my life is like really busy right now. But about six years ago, our uh, Mark was deciding, hey, how do I build a bench in my, you know, for the company itself? And how do I live past Mark Weber, Weber Marketing Group, the company that we, you know, we built, how do I build upon that? And so he, you know, we went in kind of with eyes wide open, realizing this is gonna be a longer journey, but this is the right kind of path to help create a legacy of the company. And, and how do I create something that's past, you know, the point where Mark eventually, you know, he wants to do something different with his life eventually. So trying to figure out, okay, what, how do I make it sustainable for the future? And that's what he set out to do. And that's what we, that's what I've been doing with my other partners on both the Strum agency and the Strum platform. We'll talk about both in a little bit, because of course we added new things to our mix as, as we grow and evolve our own company. Of course. Well, I'm curious. So as we start to dive into a little bit more about what Strum does, yeah. what is that elevator pitch that you would tell folks, say you're out at a conference and hopefully we'll get to run into each other at one soon since they seem to be coming back here. But what, yeah. what's that elevator pitch you'd tell folks in the exhibit hall? They're like, what is Strum? Where do you, yeah. where do you add value to credit unions? Yeah. So Strum Agency is a full service marketing agency. We do branding and naming, marketing campaign work for in traditional work for credit unions. We're agency of record for several credit unions. And what that means is maybe the credit union them, themselves doesn't have a large marketing department. So they rely on us to do a lot of their fulfillment. So how do we how do we grow members? How do we grow, you know, share wallet? How do we, what does that look like uh, within our own membership? So that's Strum Agency, it's Strum Platform, sister company. I'll talk more a little bit more about that, but it's related. Strum Platform is a financial marketing analytics software that uh, came out of Strum, realizing there's a need for uh, helping understand the data on the back backside of your members, understanding how, who are the ideal members and how do we create focus and understanding, you know, how do we actually look at that data? And so we created our own platform that we've been working on for about four years now. So just actually became a company, official company um, last year. So fairly new. 
Amazing. Well, I know one of the challenges credit unions face is really effectively kind of growing that membership base, as you mentioned, and developing some meaningful member relationships. So talk to me about the ways that STREM helps credit unions focus on growing these ideal yeah. members. Yeah, that's a good question. So a lot of our clients come to us and say, hey, we need to grow members. That's natural. Right now, it's we need to grow loans. We're hearing that from a lot of folks. And what we look at is creating focus for the organization. So in our branding work, in our naming work, all of our marketing work, we look at what makes us unique as an institution. We cannot serve everyone everything, right? You cannot be everything to everyone. And so that's that's really tough for people to hear because what they want to hear is I want to be able to serve, you know, all everybody in my community. And that's it's not you're going to turn people away, but recognizing the fact that you're going to serve, you're going to attract a specific type of member into your branch and you want to cater to that particular member. And so what our agency does is help create that focus. And we do that in a lot of different ways. Um, a lot of the projects that I work with specifically on segmentation. So I do a lot of member segmentation, understanding um, and identifying who your ideal growth members are, who maybe um, you should be going after in the market and how do we actually attract them and creating also retention segments. So who are the folks that we want to make sure we retain? We're maybe not growing them as fast as we had in the past, but who are making sure that we're not forgetting. And then we also have mission-driven segments as well. So the credit union mission is very strong. So understanding who are those underserved members that maybe aren't driving bottom line profit to the organization, but are a key for our own growth as an institution. We help our credit unions create that focus. And that's really a rally cry for the whole organization when you have a good, deep understanding, who is your member and how do I serve that member and developing out from that data itself and not just making up things, but actually developing out from that data personas that you can uh, communicate out to staff. So you have a relationship, more of a relationship and create that personal touch that so many credit unions try to actually achieve. That is so critical and really good insight. I know we've talked a lot of many credit unions have been around for so long, you know, 50 or more years in some cases. I'm curious, some of those brands maybe haven't been updated in all that time and might be a little out of date. So can you tell us a little bit too about from your perspective, the importance of the naming and branding work that you do as well? So naming work is one of those touchy subjects for a lot of folks because we're trying to figure out, we've had this equity in your name. So you have your name is worth something and understanding if you lose that, what do you, uh, are you gaining or are you losing membership in that fear kind of drives, you know, people from doing anything. What we find is, you know, starting off that process is going in with, where does the data take us with that research on understanding our own name? If we're going into new markets, you know, community charters, if we're trying to acquire, you know, bigger markets, if we go in with a market into a market that our name is tied to another market, is that helping or hurting us? Do we know that we can actually join this particular credit union if they were started off as a seg and they had a seg name? And we're we're trying to figure out, hey, now we're open to everyone. Can I even join? Uh, these are all real questions that 
you know, credit unions deal with. And we help navigate all of those different situations. I think our agency actually has, has renamed more credit unions than any other agency in the US. I think wow. we're over 80 of different names and, and, and we've seen it all. We've seen it from, you know, obviously mergers. That's a big talking about names. Will we community different? We've seen it all. So we have a process that we go through. And throughout the years, we definitely have honed that process. And it's been exciting to see kind of this energy normally that comes with a brand and a name and rolling that out to not only just the world, but the staff. I mean, staff just gets, we have these name reveals to staff and there's clapping and excitement, excitement back with, you know, their own roots, maybe their values as a credit union and diving in and saying, okay, this is who we are and let's celebrate it. That's what's fun. That's what's fun about this job. Absolutely. And that's amazing that, you know, 80 credit unions or more, that, that's yeah. such a cool statistic and so much insight that you provide there really for credit union leaders and what, you know, what's in their name. And I, I wanted to share with the audience too, and we talked about this earlier, the journey that Strum has gone through. And can you walk us through what that journey was like? Because you all went through your own renaming process. Yeah. From Weber Marketing Group to Strum, Strum Agency, yeah. spinning off the sister company, Strum Platform. So what was that all like? <laughs> yeah, no, and we, we took our own medicine, right? So that's tough. We, I've been in naming conversations with board and you know, before our name change. And they're like, why should we trust you? You have Weber Marketing Group and Mark Weber's the name. Like, that's not a great name. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's been funny. Uh you know, hearing different comments about our own name, but we took our own medicine because we realized, you know, what I, what I talked about earlier is Mark has built a, such a wonderful company. He's done such a good job in the credit union industry itself, but the company itself doesn't revolve around Mark himself. And so we realized that if we, you know, for our own, for our own self and for realizing where we're at and what we're trying to build, we needed to evolve our own name and our own name process was tough because we've got, we're, we're very aware of their, you know, process with our clients. We're very aware of trademarks. We're very aware of what we can do in different classes that, you know, we're trying to make sure our name is trademark in. And it was quite a journey coming up with the right name. And what's so fun about Strum is we're all very musical. A lot of our team is very musical. One of the things that we do, one of the questions that we ask in our interview process is, and this is a, I guess, a secret for anybody that's going to interview for a job with us, but um, so you can prep on this one, but uh, what karaoke song would you sing? You know, what was your go-to karaoke song? And it's interesting to hear what people would say, because some people say, I don't, you know, I'm not interested in karaoke. Our company does karaoke and we get out there and we'll just belt it out. So it's, it's fun. You know, it's our own culture. It's kind of fun to see what we do for each other. Our name itself strum, you know, we've been orchestrating, we use words that are very instrumental in our own processes and it, and it just felt natural. And so, you know, we went with it knowing that just made sense and it was our you know evolution of our own self the platform was because you're asking about that as well as is came out of our own need of saying hey we need to create something better with uh having 
people that are marketers have access to data, but not only just marketers, everyone have access to marketing data. And what we did was we acquired a a company four years ago out of uh, Massachusetts that created an MCIF product. So we took that product and looked at what's the evolution of that product look like and invested into creating what's now the Strum platform, which I'm excited about. I mean, it's a startup basically within a mature company. And it's been fun to see our clients being able to utilize their own data, their own member data, and create personalized uh, marketing messages, being able to track that back, being able to look at ROI, being able to look at things that they hadn't seen before. That's what's exciting for me. That's so true. And we've really seen the field of marketing evolving and, and kind of gaining that data focus even, even more, especially as digital marketing has taken off so much. I'm curious from, from your perspective, because marketing it continues to evolve, but what do you see in the future for credit unions, maybe working more in artificial intelligence, machine learning, or, or cloud-based computing with their marketing efforts? Do you see anything there for yeah. credit unions? Uh, it's definitely we're we're hearing more and more about ML and AI, machine learning, and, and artificial intelligence. I think what a lot of credit unions try to do is they try to jump to machine learning or artificial intelligence first, without having the 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 concrete background of built you know what's built before that. And so, understanding your data is one thing. Um, uh, several years ago. You know, talking about data governance—that was that was a hot topic. I don't remember if you were. I was at several, um, you know, conferences that everyone was talking about governance, and governance is very important. I won't put it, you know, but it was people were okay. How do we collect the data? And then it was how do we visualize the data and what do we do? With it? So what we kind of stepped into and where we're at with our own product is. Assume that you have, after the data is all together, what are the questions we should be asking? What should we even ask with our data, right? Now that we have IT you know, departments put stuff together, you know, that's great. What do I do with it? <laughs> I think that's the first question, right? And then after, I, after I've looked at it, okay, how do I execute it? And so that I think we're going to see more of. And that's what honestly our, our product's built on is that 30 years of marketing experience and then filtering in and saying, okay, what are the right questions we should ask as a, as a credit union to grow those members and grow those relationships moving forward and not jump just to the shiny object. It's the right. building the foundation and then building upon that. Of course, we're going to see, you know, people are moving away from FICO. They're looking at alternative credit scoring, you know, moving to, Moving to those different solutions, I think we're going to see more of that, and especially as the economy and inflation. I think people are going to be worried about, okay, how do I get responsible people loans that need loans to you know, help them out? And we're going to see more of that. Definitely. Well, and from, from your perspective, do you think it's better for more people in the organization to have access to that data? I know there have historically been so many silos around who has what data and where it lives. What, what do you think about that? That's a good question. I think that most people, if they don't have access to it, um, they're not measuring if they're not looking at it. It's not going to be that helpful as an organization whole as a whole. If it just if information just li- lives in one department, for example, just the IT department, and doesn't move itself out, 
it's really an uphill battle on making change. I think unleashing information, I would say being responsible with it, you know, setting parameters around it. But the more information that you can empower your existing employees at the credit union with mm-hmm. to, uh, to use for their existing members to help their members out, the better the whole organization is. The problem is unlocking that information in a timely manner. That's what, that's what we're running into is in, I can't tell you how many people have started down, you know, this digital transformation journey and they're at different stages. You know, somebody joins the team, says they're going to build something and then they leave. And that's just natural, right? People move on and they're stuck with, okay, how do I fix what we have? And so they're looking for that internal team and, and where I have to just plug other folks that don't even necessarily do what we, we do is, there are lots of third parties that help with this and help kind of take that burden off of the credit union and make it so that, you know, you can look at all your data together and you don't have to worry about hiring the right team. Um, you can stand something up that's a lot faster than necessarily doing it yourself. And I've seen the story play out over and over and over again, costing twice the amount of money, mm-hmm. twice the amount of time, and then running through employees. The things that we've seen happen over and over again, and and it's so cool to hear about the leadership that you provide for credit unions as well in this area. You know, Strum is a really innovative company from everything we can see, Strum agency, Strum platform. And from your perspective as a leader, we've seen so much disruption in financial services over the last few years. What are the overall trends that you're seeing for the future of financial services? And is there something that you would say is your focus when it comes to innovating to meet some of these upcoming challenges? Yeah, I I think as a marketer, as a credit union marketer, there's a lot of challenges for credit unions. I'm going to stick with just marketing here. I think personalizing is is tough. I think that credit unions sit on a vast amount of data. So they're sitting on a ton of first-party data. So, you know, what understanding their existing members, you should know based off of the information you have, a basic understanding of your membership. And so utilizing where I think the industry is going, and I, this is what we're trying to focus on, is utilizing the data that our credit unions have and then supplementing that data with additional information to get a bigger picture of needs and services that that particular member might have and help them with different, you know, different points in their life. Because everyone struggles and everyone's trying to understand how do I make it through to whether it's saving for my kids' college tuition, saving for my first house, you know, just married, maybe divorced. All these are different, you know, points in people's lives. And a credit union really can do make a difference. But if they don't know what's going on, how are you there at the table? You're not. Right. Absolutely. We could talk, I think, about this for so long, for days and days. But as we wrap up the show, we also love to hear more on the personal side from your life. Let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So this is what we call our rapid fire section. Our questions are going to be rapid. Your answers don't have to be. But if you are ready, let's dive right in. I'm born ready. All right. Make what is a recent purchase that you didn't know you needed that has become something you just cannot live without? 
my kids hate this because they, I mean, Father's Day is coming up, right? So they're starting to ask me, but what, dad, what do you need? <laughs> um, <laughs> I am a big bullet journal person. So that's okay. a little nerdy. I don't know if, uh, do you know what bullet journaling is? I do. Okay. So I just got a new Loystrom 1917 notebook. I'm kind of one of those people that has a specific type of notebook that, you know, I like for my bullet journal. And I really, when I started bullet journaling, I didn't realize how much it kind of would change my life. Honestly, I mean, it sounds kind of corny saying that, but it really helped me. So I'm a big fan. So there you go. Yeah. Well, for those who don't know, can you give like a, a two uh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in a nutshell, you can go online and find different ways to bullet journal, but it's a planner. Basically, it's a, it's a way to plan out tasks, a way to figure out how to get things done. And that's what I use it for mainly. Awesome. So cool. Yeah, definitely uh, recommend that for folks. We'll, we'll link to some uh, yeah. <laughs> overviews on bullet journaling here. Well, when you hear the word success, who's that yeah. person that comes to mind for you and why? Well, I kind of mentioned, you know, earlier, my grandfather, uh, my mom too. I mean, I, these are people in my life that just have made a big impact. And I think of success as being, you know, people put, uh, they have a different definition of success. And I'm sure that's why you asked this question, but <laughs> success for me is being able to give back and also being able to have the freedom that you want to have. And so both my mom and my grandfather did a good job doing this. Both my parents are great parents. Don't get me wrong. My, my dad was, like I said, he was a doctor. He worked a lot when I was younger. My mom was one of those people that she would, <laughs> I've got a funny, okay. This is a funny story about my mom. So <laughs> my mom is one of those people that will go into like the worst dive bar and, you know, order a beer and, and you wouldn't think that she would do that. And, and she, you know, like a week later, I'd say, oh, that place looks kind of crazy. And she'd say, oh, yeah, I, w- I went there last week <laughs> and hung out. She's one of those people that does comp- like jump rope, does jump rope all the time. And um, which I thought was kind of funny, but I was like, okay, well, it's good for your heart and good exercise, good cardio exercise. And I got her a smart jump rope. Okay. This is before COVID. So she was crushing it. I guess the jump rope is like, it counts your, your jumps and you can, you can like compete against other people or across the world. And it was, she was doing so good. She was crushing it and then COVID hit. And then all these people got these jump ropes. And so she didn't do as well, but um, <laughs> where she was crushing it was, I said, can you tell where people are? And, you know, and, and she's like, yeah, I think I'm, uh, it's all like, South Korea. And I'm like, you're jumping rope probably with kids in South Korea, mom. She's like, yeah, but I love it. You know, that's what I do. So I know it's kind of a long winded, she's an eclectic person, but I love her to death. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I love the different definitions of success. Right. (laughs) All right. Random question. What are you listening to most right now? I know you said you're musical. Everyone at Strum seems to be a little bit musical. What do you listen to? Music, podcast, what is it? Yeah, a couple things. One is I always, I, I'm a big jazz person. I uh, have a record player. Uh, a lot of us do, actually. I don't I think it's a thing now, but I have <laughs> um, listening to some Miles Davis. I always like Miles Davis. That's John Coltrane's great podcast right now. Guy Raz, the How I Built This. I love that podcast. So that's one of the things I, I just, I, I love to hear how other people built, you know, the companies that they, they, they set up. That always kind of fascinates me. Curious. 
I love that. All right. Any books that you have gifted or you think just everyone should read? Yeah. So I know CU Insight is 100% remote, right? It is. Yeah. 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 So, so Strum is, we have a satellite office. We, during COVID, we closed our main office. We moved to pretty much 100% remote. And so, you know, I'm still learning things. I probably need to talk to you after this about how to, (laughs) how to to do remote. So I've been reading some remote books. I'm a big Jason Freed, 37 Signals. They were base camp and they changed back to 37 Signals. That's a longer story, but he wrote a book. It's a really, really, really light read. It's called Remote. He wrote it before COVID (laughs) talking about his remote workforce. So I thought that was, and I actually read it before COVID and because I was thinking, okay, you know, this workforce dynamic, how things are changing, how do we open up employees into different markets? And I, we have an office here in Seattle. I don't have an office over in, in Massachusetts outside of Boston. So right now I'm reading a couple different remote ones. The one that I'm reading, um, which actually it's pretty good, is Leading from Anywhere. It's by David Birkins. So that's not a that's a pretty good book. But again, I'm still catching up. So after this, if I could interview you about working remote, that'd be wonderful. Definitely. Anytime. It's been, okay. you know, it's been remote for about four years, five years. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely been a journey for us that we found what works. And I think it's, it's a little different for every culture, but definitely. Yeah. And I think culture is a big, culture is a big thing. I mean, I, I, it is because, you know, it's always changing and evolving. And it's also onboarding new staff on how do you do that effectively? And right. how do you how do you keep people engaged and motivated? And I mean, I'm sure everyone's this is not a topic that we're talking about right now, but employees are moving around, right, which is right. understandable. And so you want to, as a company, you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I help people keep growing as an individual? Right. Yep. Definitely. I I was reading some articles right when people were moving to remote work around the COVID time. And they were talking about how it's a lot easier to translate existing in-person relationships online, but it's harder to build them for new employees who are coming into a remote workforce. So definitely there's a lot to it, but it's a, it's a really interesting. I I yeah. try to read that book because I I haven't read it, but it sounds like a super cool, uh, cool read. I'll, I'll give you a link after this. Perfect. And we'll link to it in the show notes here for everybody who's listening. Okay. All right. Let's say that the calendar is empty. What do you do to unwind outside Mercury? I heard two teenage daughters. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> so I, yeah, I have two teenage daughters. I'm So I like to spend time with my wife. So I try, if I have a clear calendar, we'll go on runs or walks or together. Our two teenage daughters, I love them very dearly, but uh, they also are teenagers so one's 16 and one's 14 and so understandably they want to be teens and i feel especially during covid making sure you have good relationships with you know your family as and so i try to try to spend as much time as i can with my family during that time my, that. my wife would probably say that also i like to uh walk the dog so that'd oh, be nice <laughs> <laughs> if you were to ask her that sounds great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well we're gonna link to everything we talked yeah. about today in the show notes but my last question for you ben is any final thoughts that you'd like to share final asks that you might have of our listeners yeah i think as a credit union 
change is tough. Branding, naming, these are all change, changes that happen, right? I'm looking at trying to be a better credit union. I think taking small bites um, instead of big bites is uh, that's good advice for anything, but especially in this, you know, making these big moves, figuring out a process. There's people that they can help with those processes, but taking the first step and saying, Hey, we need to do a change. Cause if you're going into, you know, people are starting to get into, I'm, I'm talking to people right now about planning for their board retreats. They're going early, right? For August. So I'm already, they're talking about this. <laughs> and if you're going to go into next year, not doing much change, expecting different results, that's the definition of crazy. So we had to figure out, figure out if you're going to go into next year and want different results for something, we got to do something different. And so that would be my advice. All right. Well, what a perfect way to wrap up the show today. Thank you so much, Ben, for being on the show. Thank I hope you stay well. Hope we get to run into each other in person sometime soon. Yeah. Thanks to all of our listeners today for tuning into the CU Insight Network podcast. We will be back again next time.